Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Janice Tanel, for today, Sunday, August 4th. Welcome to the show. We thank you guys for your continued support. And just a quick reminder, if you have a question or a comment for tonight's guest or for one of us, you can give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. And I'm going to turn it over quickly to Denise um, so she can greet you guys as well. Good evening, everyone. And once again, like Janice said, welcome to the show. We thank you guys for joining us tonight. Just a little bit of beauty news really quickly. We're not going to keep you very long uh, tonight. Um, Our guest has a very early call time tomorrow, and so do we. So we just want to uh, get going with the show. Um, So really quickly, the powder group um, is presenting TPG Summer School. It's coming to Boston, Atlanta, New York City, L.A., Chicago, Dallas, New Orleans, and San Francisco on August 14th, 19th, 21st, 26th, and 28th of this year. Um, It's free for the powder group pro members. Summer's here, and with it comes long weekends on the beach, barbecue, and lots of free education at the Powder Group. That's right. The summer of 2019 is the season of the Powder Group Summer School, and the Powder Group Pro members attend for absolutely free. So if you are a non-member, you can attend for only $65. The the Powder Group members, again, can attend for free, and they can register by contacting kelly at thepowdergroup.com. Again, for Powder Group members, you can contact kelly at thepowdergroup.com. If you are a non-member, you can uh, register by going to thepowdergroup.com forward slash events forward slash summer school. Again, that's thepowdergroup.com forward slash events forward slash summer school. It will take you right to uh, the registration for uh, this event. Again, it will be held in Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, Dallas, Los Angeles, New Orleans, New York, and San Francisco. And the schedule is as follows. Um, In Las Vegas on Wednesday, August 14th, will be Michael DeVellis, and he will be presenting Getting Next, our iconic career and personal development program for the Powder Group, uh, from the Powder Group founder, Michael DeVellis. And that takes place at the L Makeup Academy. Then in Los Angeles on Monday, August 19th, it's featuring Val Hernandez, and she's presenting hairstyling for makeup artists, and that's going to be held at Friends Beauty Supply, okay? 
Then in New York City on Wednesday, August 21st, it features Razor Flowers, and Razor's going to be presenting Beauty by Razor Flowers, uh, the techniques, products, and tools that make Razor a makeup artist to watch, and that's how that's the Makeup Forever studio. Then uh, Wednesday, August 21st in Chicago, uh, Juan Jose Herrera, he's presenting Hairstyling for Makeup Artists. Um, and this is a demonstration of the basic must-know hairstyling techniques that every makeup artist should have in their skill set. This is taking place at the Makeup First School of Makeup Artistry. Then in Dallas on Monday, August 26th, there's Jessica uh, Workland, and she's also presenting hairstyling for makeup artists. And that's taking place at the Terry Thompson Makeup Training Academy. And then in Atlanta on Monday, August 26th, Michael develops again with his presentation of Getting Next and that takes place at Norcosco. And then in San Francisco on Monday, August 26th, same day, uh, Jordan Plath, and he's uh, presenting Beauty and Effects, Out of Kit and Other Effects to Create Beauty with a Unique Perspective, and that takes place at Cryland in San Francisco. And then lastly, in New Orleans on Wednesday, August 28th, Michael develops again presenting his class, Getting Next, and that takes place at Faces of Virtue uh, there in New Orleans. And all of these classes will take place on their respective dates from 6 to 7.30 p.m. Again, if you are a TPG Pro member, registration is complimentary. You can just register by contacting Kelly at thepowdergroup.com. For non-members, $65 per person. And again, you can register by going to thepowdergroup.com. And just a quick reminder that um, IMATS Toronto um, is taking place this year, um, September 28th through 29th. You can get your tickets right now as we speak. Uh, it's taking place at the Metro Toronto Convention Center in their North Building, in their Exhibit Hall C. So again, September 28th through 29th, and we'll be giving you more information about um, speakers and things like that at a later date. But again, September 28th through 29th, Toronto, IMAT. And last but not least, we would like to thank our listeners for, of course, joining us each and every week that we're here for joining us, but also for checking out our uh, archive shows. We want to thank all of our listeners from the U.S., from the U.K., from Canada, Australia. Uh, we have listeners in the Caribbean. We have listeners in Brazil, all of Asia. Um, all over the world. You know, we go through this every week, so we just want to thank all of our listeners all over the world. All right, and we'll be right back right after this. Beauty Talk Radio, hosted by your favorite twin celebrity makeup artist, Denise and Denise Tunnell, is celebrating 10 years, and we simply want to say thank you to all of our guests, our sponsors, and supporters who have taken the journey with us. Because of your support, we've been able to bring you conversations, beauty and skincare tips from the industry's finest, and so many more. Sam Fine, Australian makeup artist Ray Morris, James Vincent, V. Neal, Nigeria's own Lola Maja, Kevin James Bennett, Rocky Cosetti, Marietta Carter-Narcisse, Tim Bukharin, Mickey Taylor, formerly of Essence Magazine, A.J. Crimson, Michael DeVellis, 
Suzanne Patterson, Larry Sims, Denisa Myricks, Melissa Street, Michael Key of Makeup Artist Magazine, Camille Friend Rochard, Naja Riquette, Bernadette Thompson, and so many more. We're celebrating 10 years, and we're so excited about what's to come for Beauty Talk Radio. Millions listen live and via iTunes downloads from around the world. So we have to say thank you to our listeners in the U.S., of course, the U.K., Australia, Ghana, Russia, South Africa, Uganda, Brazil, South Korea, Ireland, Canada, Sweden, the Bahamas, and so many other parts of the world. Are you following us on social media? We're on Instagram at beauty underscore talk underscore media. We're also on Twitter at beauty underscore talk. And we can't forget about Facebook, beauty talk online. We're celebrating 10 years. We're excited about where we're going, and we know you are too. All right, we are back, and we are excited uh, to have on tonight with us hairstylist Shanika Terry. Welcome to the show, Shanika. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, we're not going to hold you too long, but because um, <laughs> um, we all have to be up early, so we're just going to jump right in. Can, can you introduce... Um, yourself to our listening audience and just tell us a little bit about what inspired you to become a hairstylist. Um, yes. Um, so what inspired me uh, to be a hairstylist, uh, oh, hi, I'm Shanika. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what, is, what uh, inspired me to be a hairstylist is, um, I know when I was a little girl, um, I always had a fascination with hair, whether it was on, you know, legs or eyebrows, um, of course, on, you know, head. And um, I always, you know, put, put, put bows in my grandparents' hair, my, especially my grandfather, you know, bless his soul. <laughs> and, um, you know, my family knew that I would do something in the beauty industry. They just, they just, they didn't know what. Um, so mm-hmm. when I was in high school, that's when it truly, truly developed. Um, I went to, um, to a high school that had a vocational course, um, cosmetology, and I took advantage of the program. Um, I signed up for it in my sophomore year, and when I graduated high school, um, I had my cosmetologist license. And um, from there, you know, I went to school, um, to college for a little while, and um turned my dorm into a beauty salon, you know, keep in mind, I did have my license, <laughs> so mm-hmm. they were, you know, working with a licensed hairstylist and a cosmetologist, should I say, and um, that's where the passion, you know, grew even stronger, so um, I decided to uh, move forward and um, started working in the salon, and I just fell in love with um, healthy hair, you know, doing hair. Mm-hmm. And, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it developed. So at what point um, from, you know, doing hair in your dorm, at what point did you realize or decide that you wanted to uh, do hair for film and TV? So that, um, honestly, I thought, you know, that I would be an educator, you know, somewhere with, like, a beta or, or some company um, instead of film, film and television. Um, that uh, knocked on my door while I was 10 years in of, of being a hairstylist. 
um, I was calling to mind you that I never, I mean, of course, you know, we watch television and, you know, see commercials and movies and TV shows. They're like, oh, wow, you know, their hair looks great, and um, I wonder what I could do, you know, if given the opportunity. But, you know, it, it wasn't like a, um, what can I say, uh, a, a, like a huge dream. Mine was like more so like, oh, I want to own a beauty school and do X, Y, Z and teach. Well, the opportunity came to me when I was uh, 10 years in being a hairstylist, uh, working in a salon, and a friend of mine asked me to uh, be the hairstylist for an independent movie that she worked on. And um, my first day of, you know, loading in that trailer and um, reading the script, breaking it down, and uh, we, we shot on our very first day, that's when I, you know, fell in love with film and television. Honestly, I didn't know that it was even in my grasp that I could even, you know, do it you know, being in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And we weren't um, filming like, you know, New York, L.A., and um, Georgia. And mm-hmm. uh, when that door opened up to me, I was like, wow, this is a, a new world, and I'm falling in love with it. I mean, it was just, it's nothing like reading a script and watching your characters come to life on a screen. Mhm. So if you weren't if you weren't doing hair, what do you think you would be doing? If I wasn't doing hair, um, um, you mean for well for film and television? Um, no, just in general. I, just in general, if you did. Oh, okay. Just if, if I wasn't doing hair at all, or that was, it was something mm-hmm. else. Be honest with you, you know, I would definitely be an entrepreneur. Um, always had mm-hmm. a a love for you know owning a business. Um, okay. And to be honest with you, even if I didn't touch hair at all, I'm sure I would have a few salons because <laughs> I've always mm-hmm. you know, loved you know, the communication, the 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 community, the um, uh, the relationships you know that hairstylists have with their clients, and then also to you know just having an establishment that people are you know taking care of. And I know for a fact that I will be, you know, an entrepreneur with my chain of salons. And that passion still nice. died. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess we should look out for something, huh? Oh, yeah. We're looking out. I'm telling you. We're <laughs> <Yep>. working hard. We're <laughs> working really hard to, to make these, you know, dreams still come true. <laughs> nice. Nice. So what what inspires you as a hairstylist? Um, I get a lot of inspiration from, um, you know, looking at different cultures. Um, mm-hmm. when I see um, patterns. Um, I get inspiration from from a, a lot of people, especially the youth right now. You know, they're so creative. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get inspiration from a, from a lot, a lot of um, people, and then also to, like I said, you know, I look at lines and symmetry, especially dealing with haircuts and stuff. I, I can look at a um, perfect example like a ficus tree or <laughs> a ficus tree or some type of um, um, a fern. I'm just throwing like a plant out there and just mm-hmm. looking at it like, I wonder if I can do that shape on somebody's hair, you know? Or build something. Right. So I get inspired by, you know, a lot of uh, different things. 
um, especially uh, if when I'm like building a character or whatnot. Um, I look at you know what they're going through and you know what's the tone um, of their um, their scene and you know what they're wearing. You know, a lot of things inspire me to you know to create what it is I need for you know for the talent and then also choose into the land of creativity. And which, mm-hmm. which is one thing I really miss doing hair shows because that's when you can really get inspired by anything. I can look at a candy bowl. And play, yeah. Hmm. You know, what can I do with these <laughs> colors and the sheen and, you know, creating balls and, you know, all of these things. So that's, you know, the joy of being a hairstylist slash artist. Mm-hmm. Well, in your introduction, you said you thought maybe you would be an educator. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about how important is it um for hairstylists to to get an education beyond cosmetology school? Oh, my gosh, it's so important. Um, I can say this because pretty much um, if if you look at it right now, we are in a multicultural world, right? It's um, Mm -hmm. not black and white. And uh, my mom told me when I graduated high school, she's like, learn every texture of hair that you possibly can, learn how to cut all textures. It doesn't matter the ethnicity or what, to make sure that you're comfortable with doing so in it and um, you know, it will set you up, you know, apart. I didn't think about that for the first five or seven years because I was working in a predominantly uh, black salon. And then mm-hmm. I got the challenge of doing another race. And with that being said, I wasn't confident on my haircut. And I wasn't confident in my, you know, styling, you know, approach or what products to use. So at that moment, I stepped away from the salon. I went to go work for Tony and Guy in Dallas, Texas. You know, their headquarters were out there. And Uh um, that was the best thing I could have done because not only working there, even though I was taking a pay cut, but the knowledge that I learned has, you know, stuck with me and it advanced me so you know, beyond what I can even think that I could do, um, and it made me more confident. And when working with that company, you know, you you uh, go through an education course first before even stepping on the on the floor to work for them. Even though I went to the um, have my cosmetologist license and worked in a salon for seven years, that didn't mean anything. You know, it's like if you work for this company, mm-hmm. this is what we're gonna. XYZ. So with that being said, education is their was their main goal. And at that point, even though I had taken courses through the seven years that I was in a salon of, you know, maybe weaves and colors and updos and maybe a little touch of haircuts and stuff here and there, but at that moment when I was challenged to do that woman's haircut, I was like, you know what, I need to um, be educated and be comfortable and confident whoever it is that sits in my chair. So with that being said, I just sat down and pinpointed, you know, like all the things that I needed to learn and wanted to learn. And even to this day, that has not stopped. I'll, you know, I'll go, you know, do a refresher course a bit out soon or go somewhere, you know, every, you know, couple of years just to make sure that I'm on top of trends, change, everything. Mm -hmm. Education is very, very important for, for myself and, you know, I will say that to whoever's listening, you know, make sure that you can, you know, diversify your hand and, and 
you you don't want to feel like I did that day of what do I do? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. What would you say makes a great hairstylist? What kind of qualities should would a hairstylist need to be considered a great hairstylist in your opinion? Um, a great hairstylist listens. Um, and they listen to their client. You have to you have to put ego out of there. You know, if you got any touch of ego, let it go. Because, you know, rule of thumb is, you know, the client is always right. I don't care if they want the ugliest mm-hmm. thing, you know. <laughs> you can educate them mm-hmm. on what they're getting, you know, and give them the explanation of why it wouldn't be a good choice, you know. And it's also, too, having um, discernment to understand to walk away, too, if you feel like you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, a compromise the integrity of their hair for whatever it is that they want, you know. So everything is not a yes. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you know, balance that out of listening and then also to giving your expertise of, you know, whatever it is. Um, um, be as knowledgeable as, as possible. So that, you know, that's hand-in-hand hand with education. Um, and, you know, also... Um, those are like the main, main things, you know. Of course, you know, we're we're, we're speaking to people that are, you know, confident in their styles, you know, and what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are like, I think, like the, the a good makeup of um, um, a, a great hairstylist. And then, of course, you know, you can challenge yourself. You know, take courses, and I I can't express education over and over again. Even if you have a mannequin at the house, I'm like, you know what? Let me try this blowout technique. Um, you know, just, you know, stay on top of, you know, your game. Right. Now, same question, but apply it to the film and television industry. You know, what makes a great film and TV hairstylist? Once again, throw the ego out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Being able to um, listen and, 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 and pay attention because, you know, you can do a, you can have a, a wonderful hairstylist, but the the thing is is the the business side. Understand that, you know. So far as you know, your verbiage to your producers and your directors and your talent, you know, understanding how to balance, you know, those people to make sure that you you can execute the desired look for you know for the the movie. TV series, commercial, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, you know, listening is a, a big thing. Um, and, you know, also, you know, understanding of, of, you know, breaking down that script and and a big, 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 big thing outside of, you know, the work part of it is make sure that you can get as much rest as possible because you mm-hmm. rest is um, – like the best medicine, and um, with all the switches and the changes and everything that we have to uh, do um, in the in this industry, it's important to get you know adequate amount of rest so you can you know think clearly when things happen. You know you have to take it also too like back you know the old school like when you're in in school and you have notes that you're studying for your test and, you know, the next day, oh, here's the exam. 
well, you know, for film and television, because things change, you have to stay on top of your script and, you know, what's going on. So always, you know, be alert and um, ready. So with alert is married to plenty of rest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um <clears throat> I think my sister's trying to ask a question, but I cannot hear her. Okay. So I don't know what what the problem is on her end. Oh, it's okay. And I'm just like, you know, just you know, recapping on, um, you know, on that, you know, being you know great in the in the industry, but then also to being a you know the best leader that you can be, you know, for your team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's very yeah. important because, you know, it's like being, you know, the mama bird and you have uh, people that are, you know, watching you, but then also too looking up, you know, to you to make sure that they're taken care of as well. So it's a, mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, a, a really a, a big thing to, to do. Now, you've experienced working in the salon as well as working on film and television sets. What would you say are the biggest differences between working, um, you know, in both in those two different parts of the industry, what are some of the biggest differences between the two? The biggest difference is time. In a salon, you're there with your client, regardless if you have an assistant or not, that, you know, you're going through the full process of, like, shampoo, blow dry, um, sitting in a dryer, roller sets, whatever you're doing. And in a salon, even though, you know, you move pretty fast, um, that you have more time on your side to um, pay attention to, like, every little, 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 little detail, right? Or if you want to do an mm-hmm. extra, you know, and it's on a deep conditioner and, ex- you know, whatever. In the film world, it's all about can you get it done in 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and the question is how much time? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, right. um <laughs> That's the biggest difference, you know. So far as, like, styling techniques, I've learned so many <laughs> um, tricks that I'm like, I impress myself. I'm like, wow, okay, you got this done in 50, 20 minutes, you know, flat. But with that being said, from being a hairstylist in the salon, that was uh, being a hairstylist in the salon for, like, 10 years before stepping over to the film world, is that I'm able to take – my healthy hair knowledge and everything that I was doing and apply it to the film world and but at a fraction of the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm still paying attention to the things that I did in the salon, but, like, I might, perfect example, I could do someone's hair and um, make sure she shampoos it, you know, by, you know, every other two days, you know, every other day. Well, if I notice if we're curling or she's getting colored or we've been outside, she's sweating, this, that, and the other, naturally, you know, the ends get dry, right? So mm-hmm. it, it, right. if I was in a salon, I could be like, hey, let me give you a treatment, a steam treatment. You'll be on the dryer for like 15 minutes, and then we'll do everything else, right? I don't have that luxury mm-hmm. on a film set. So what I do is... You know, if I feel anything that needs to happen and we don't have the time for it, I have, like, you know, those special concoctions of leave-ins and little oils that I can, you know, put on the end or 
certain areas of the hair that I feel like they need, you know, a little extra TLC. Get her through the day, and at the end of the night, I'm like, all right, here's the deal. You got to shampoo your hair tonight, and please put on a, you know, deep conditioner on, or whatever right. you can do to help me, for, you know, to help prepare me for the following day to make me sure that my hair feels great while they're in my hands. So I still apply that love that was in a salon to, you know, what I do in the hair makeup trailer. Right. So knowledgeable of hair care and um um and products. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry, was that um was that a question? <laughs> no, no, no. It's basically no. a statement. I'm just saying, you know, you really have to be knowledgeable of, of like, you know, hair care and, and, and different products so that you like you said, you're able to, to think quickly and be able to you know, find solutions for, um, for you know, for dry ends as opposed to, you know, setting up shop and trying to do what you do in a salon. Because most people sometimes when they transition from the salon to film and TV, they think that they can do exactly what they do in a salon, and you can't. Yeah. You can't. Even, even with how, 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 how slow you work or how much you take your time, I watch it with yeah. some barbers sometimes. They think yeah. that, oh, okay, I can give them my typical, you know, hour haircut. We don't have time for an hour haircut, and you got three or four guys, you know, waiting to be cut. Yeah, so it's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And perfect example, like I'm glad you mentioned that because I remember, um, well, it's crazy. My very first movie was a period piece, so Marcel irons were very important to have, right? To to, to give the authentic feel for you know the the 40s and the the 30s and the 50s. So, you know, fast forward, when I worked on my first contemporary movie, and mind you, my first movie was a period piece, you know, the Great Depression. So I was able to use my Marcells, and I'm fast in my Marcells, and it it was just fine. Now, mind you, when I moved, you know, went to do my first contemporary uh, movie, as a, you know, background um, hairstylist, I was a, a, one of additional hairstylists, and everybody had plug-in irons, like hot tools and chi irons and all of that. And I'm like, okay. I, again, you know, a newbie in the world of the hair world for film and television, I had, you know, my Marcel oven with the irons. Now, mind you, everybody that had those plug-in tools, those curling irons, I'm talking about knocking them out left and right. And I was on the slow train because I'm putting in irons, letting them heat up, cool down, curl hair. Took too much time. So that moment, I like that weekend, I went to Sally's and I purchased every size plug-in iron that I could, you know, that I would need to use. And I had learned at that moment there's things that you have to let go of that you do in the salon in order to survive in this film world to move fast because everything is on at a fast pace. So that was like a, a, a learning curve for me. Uh-oh. Hello? We're here. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just letting it, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just pausing because sometimes if you speak too fast, you'll start talking over each other. Oh, okay. So okay. Just, Got it. Yeah, so I was just pausing a little bit. So let's do let's do some um let's talk some hair myths or true and false. 
Um, so I'll throw out a couple, couple of myths, and you let me know if it's true or false. All right, let's see. <clears throat> let me pick a good one. So many people say that dandruff signifies a dry scalp. True or false? Why is that? And um, dandruff, as we know, that dandruff is considered like a scalp disorder, a scalp disease. And mm-hmm. um, so there's a difference of the look, the smell of dandruff. I know it sounds gross, but mm-hmm. it, um, <laughs> it could be kind of smelly and, you know, oily, um, like more, like sebaceous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on the scalp, and you can tell the difference in the color and all of that, um, which, you know, you have to use medication, you know, to um, cure it. So mm-hmm. dry scalp is, the best way I can put it is if you, your legs, like if you're ashy, right? Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. see that it's, you know, dry, and if you scratch your, you're like a arm that's, your arm that's super dry without lotion, you'll notice like little mm-hmm. flakes will come off. So the Flake. scalp does uh-huh. the same thing. You know, the large, oh, it's, it's, it's just dry, it's dry scalp. So it's a, there's a difference between the two. Okay. Which you would rather have dry scalp than dandruff. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, how how about dry scalp? What was it? How would you treat dry scalp? Yes. Um, there's many different ways. Um, of course, you know, properly, you know, shampooing it on an as-needed basis. Sometimes we can overdry our, our um, scalp and our hair by shampooing it too often. Um, there are plenty of ointments that are out there that you can apply to the scalp um, to help with the dry scalp issues. Um, I'm a big uh advocate for drinking plenty of water um, and using, you know, moisturizers, you know, for for your scalp. And like I said, there's so many different um, products on the market that can help out. And you can do even do some things at home, you know, make your own scalp tonics. So there's, you know, mm-hmm. plenty of uh, stuff to do to uh, combat dry scalp. You can put like a little bit of, you know, olive oil, you know, or do like treatments. I think even with dry scalp, you can do, like, uh, any type of oil that has small molecules, like grapeseed oil, you know, your olive oil. Put a little bit on the scalp, rub it in, you know, really good, and then do that as a pre-shampoo, you know, before you shampoo your hair. Well, and that works you just mentioned oil. oily, oily hair, you know. So you just mentioned oils <clears throat> a couple of times. So before I continue on with my myths, let me ask you this because I've heard over the years several stylists always say not to use oil on your hair. Is that right or is that is that wrong? You know, but but I hear some stylists talk about oil, but others are like banning it. I'm like this. Um, when <clears throat> oil is not a bad thing, um, moisturizer is not a bad thing. Um, 
I can break it down like this, um, and I would never, you know, tell anyone do not use oil on your hair or on your scalp because evidently you need it. Think about your skin. People never mm-hmm. thought that you would use face oils, you know, rose <laughs> oil on their right. skin, right? Because it preserves the skin, helps it be youthful. Oil helps the hair, you know, to be shiny, you know? So it's. I think you should use it on an as-needed basis. But then also, too, I break down oil and moisturizer like seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Or if I can give it like the best ex- um, explanation. Um, when hair is dry, it's best to use a moisturizer, do steam treatment, steep conditioners because it needs moisture. Mm-hmm. And moisture will, you know, it will help penetrate through the the, um, excuse me, through the shaft, the hair. But if you use oil on, you know, dry hair, it just really kind of sits on top, right? Mm-hmm. So the option is, you know, to go with moisture. But then if the hair feels fine, you know, it's, you know, moisturizing this and the other. Have you ever seen somebody hair like, oh, my gosh, your hair is beautiful, it's bouncy, and nine times out of ten, you know, it probably feels great, but it looks so dry, right? That's mm-hmm. a moment where... That person may need a little oil on their hair to boost out the sheen. So it's you know, I'm I'm a person of because I do both you know uh, daily on my 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 cast my talent. So it's just knowing when to use it, um, and I I'm not gonna say I I, I will say it's a myth for me because I use it on an gotcha. ad basis. Right, gotcha. And then last one, um, <clears throat> that it's better to let your hair air dry versus blow dry. Um, depends on, <laughs> I know I'm making this tricky, but it just depends on the hair texture, you know. Honestly, mm-hmm. I love, like, when people have wavy or curly hair, and they want to wear it in a way mm-hmm. that's curly face, air dry, you know. Um, but I'm an advocate of a, a little weave-in, you know, and a little touch of oil <laughs> when they're letting it air dry. It's a good balance with the two. I like to cocktail my products. Um, right. And so far as, like, you know, blow-drying, once again, when you're blow-drying, just make sure that, you have whatever is needed, a thermal protection to make sure that the hair is protected while it's going through the heat process of ground brushing or flat brushing, whichever, paddle brushing, whichever, you know, one you choose. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody's hair, hair, depending on what their desired look is, cannot go through, oh, let's just hair dry a salad. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> You know, so when people say, oh, you know, just air dry your hair, it just depends on the person. But, you know, those blow dryers can be pretty lethal if, you know, if you're pulling and tugging and, you know, overdoing it. Anything that's done in excess can be damaging. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, before we go... Uh, last, pretty much last question. You know, there's this big uh, issue um, online about 
some celebrities speaking out about not um, um, you know black uh, talent not having artists who could do their hair. So this whole inclusion thing and about having um, artists who can do black hair. What's what's your take on that? Do you feel like My take on do you feel like there's a lack? Lack of black, lack of uh, talented artists that can do black hair. I think that they're they're out there now. You know, we're speaking about old school and new school. Change is different, and change mm-hmm. is different for you know the way the hair, the people that are uh, department heads in the hair and makeup trailer. You know, mm-hmm. and I could say you know, it is what it is. There is a difference um, from. 15, 20 years ago, you know, there has been a, mm-hmm. um, a dynamic shift. And with that being, and there has been a dynamic shift on actors that are big in Hollywood, you know, now. You're seeing more people of color. So with that being right. said, the people that are in a hair and makeup trailer should be um, knowledgeable and they should be able to. Um, um, make sure that they have a team that that is able to execute whoever is walking in that trailer. Um, speaking mm-hmm. for myself, being a um, a black um, hairstylist, um, a department head is department headed. You know, all white series, all white um, movies. Um, and, you know, with a white cast and maybe like a sprinkle of a black person here and there or Indian descent or a Latina or a Latino, um, um, that I can say that for myself I'm comfortable for whoever it is that sits in my chair because of what I did to make sure that I was comfortable with doing different races, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know, you know, some people have – been in this industry and didn't expect the shift. Yeah. And right. you know, with not expecting the shift, it's like, uh oh. And even go to the simple things of, you know, um, light barbering. We understand that, you know, like I, I can go in and, you know, fade if I need to, but my fade might take an hour versus, you know, somebody like um um like Jason Simmons that I work with, he, you know, could knock it out in 15 or, or, or Victor Paz, you know, they could work, knock it out in 15, 20 minutes. I'm still over there cutting. But with that being said, is that right. I'm able to, you know, go in there, you know, and do it. But then also, too, I'm wise enough to bring in someone who can make sure that that person is, you know, taken care of and, um, you know, they make my team makes me look good, you know. Right. But right. absolutely, I am. You know, I can say that I'm comfortable with whoever sits in my chair, wig work, textures, and all of that stuff. You know, unfortunately, we can't speak up. You know, that way, I can't. You know, speak for that for for many people that I have worked with. You know, in the past, I have been the strong one. Right. Know to be of a different race, and you know I might have like a a, a different like a, a white department head, and I was their key, right? They knew mm-hmm. when they hired mm-hmm. me that I would be able to 
roll with it and do, you know, bring out the creativity and be comfortable with everyone abroad, right? And right. the ones who I have worked with, they were knowledgeable, probably not as strong as me, but they were, you know, knowledgeable on what to do, but they were smart enough to bring in a team that was able to jump in there and go for it. Now, what's happening is, is that, you know, you have some that just do that and don't want to touch anyone else because, you know, <laughs> they'll take right. the position, but then, you know, there's people that are working with them that are able to, you know, department head those shows. I know for a fact, and I can speak for myself, that I've stepped away from a couple of projects, you know, or that I'm, for one, I'm, you know, I, I wasn't able to do, but then also, too, to make sure that if I'm referring over a producer, you know, a person to a producer, it's not about color. It's about who can do the job for what their script That's calls right. for. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't take, you know, something that I know that I couldn't do only one actress unless I was hired as a, a right. personal, you know? Right. So, therefore, that would be a blessing for someone else that is able mm-hmm. to handle that show. No one will walk away because when you have faith, you, you'll get another show anyways by blessing someone else that you know that is you know that could be meant for them. And you can That's save right. yourself Absolutely. a whole lot of um, headaches and, you know, back talk and all that other stuff because you weren't able to handle, you couldn't handle the job. You don't even know how to have a conversation about the texture of hair because you're not, you're not, you know, knowledgeable about it. It already is right. heavy, and you, you've stepped outside of your, your comfort zone to even find out what it is or how it feels. Right. So, you know, that's right. you know, one of those things. So I'm, you know, happy that, you know, more people of um, are, are are stepping in and getting, you know, positions to be able to carry out, um, you know, being a department head for a lot of these, you know, shows and uh, movies and stuff that are happening. So. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. One hundred percent. And that goes back to to what you you know, you have mentioned, you know, education. Education is yes. mhm. Mhm. Absolutely. That's it. That's where it falls, right there. Mhm. That's where it falls. All right, Miss Lady, you know what time I have to get up in the morning. Yep, same here. <laughs> <laughs> See, we don't have to drive way far this time. Thank goodness. Exactly, exactly. But you know, we still have to get up early, though, and that's that's the hard part. That's that's the hard part worse. about what we do. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you gotta love what you do. Exactly. Absolutely. I thank y'all so much. Well, thank you for having me on yeah, the show. Yeah, we thank you for. For coming on at the last minute. I appreciate it. <laughs> so you didn't have to tell everybody that. It's okay. <laughs> I know, right? But you know. It's okay. <laughs> Listen, they know that they they know that we're working makeup artists and they know that we interview working artists. So they know they know the routine by now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So we will see you in a couple of hours actually. Yep, in a couple of hours, and I'm meal prepping. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, oh, good. So get some rest. <laughs> okay, have a good night. Get some Thank rest. You all. all right, you too. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.